the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. It is the London Free Press Podcast here for a new week. Another couple of episodes coming your way this week, including some work that you're going to find on LFPress.com right now, which is surrounding this anti-lockdown protest, if you want to call it that, that they had in Aylmer. Of course, we cover all the big stories here on the London Free Press podcast, and to do that with us this week, we are joined by uh, two reporters who were at this counter-protest. We are joined by Dale Carruthers and Max Martin on the podcast today. Uh, hey, guys, thanks a lot for doing this. Okay, good to be here again. Uh, let's just first get to what it was like this weekend. I saw the tweets and, 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 and photos and images that you guys are sending out. There was, a, I know, a team of, uh, of people from the London Free Press there. What was the atmosphere like when you were at this, uh, the latest edition of this, this Aylmer protest over the weekend? Um, it was uh, pretty intense, to say the least. Uh, there ended up being a huge turnout. Police pegged it at around 2,000. Um, and so it was building the whole day, right? The day started with a counter-protest in the morning. That was a socially distanced counter-protest. Drew a few dozen people. Um, but the actual protest that started in the afternoon, it got really big. It had a few hundred. Uh, then speeches started. It grew to about 500. And then the motorcade came and joined the demonstrators as they marched through Elmer's downtown. And that's when it peaked at apparently 2,000 people and... There was uh, a lot of support for the protesters. There was people going by honking constantly. Um, they had a ton of energy. They were really building off their numbers, their strength in numbers. And uh, the people really came out for this anti-lockdown protest in Elmer. What would you say the mood was like at the protest, Max? Yeah, I think the mood was definitely, people were very galvanized behind their cause. They were very passionate. Uh, they were very vocal. I think all of those things came across pretty clearly. Um, you know, they felt very, very passionately about their cause and they wanted to make that well known. Uh, you know, it was billed as a, as a peaceful protest. I would say that largely it was, although Dale, you'd agree there were a couple altercations uh, that did happen specifically when they started marching uh, towards downtown and started passing residences. Um, that's where we saw some other kind of, you know, whether it was citizens or counter protesters coming out very vocally in support of masks. So there were a couple different arguments that happened, people getting in people's faces. I know there was an instance where someone was washing down their car and then uh, sprayed the hose at the uh, protesters and that kind of ignited a little bit of something, um, but, but nothing that I would say was out of too, too out of control, um, you know, and, and police kind of, I think, echoed that as well. Well, that's, uh, that's good to know, because obviously when there's that type of, um, I, I suppose, issue, clearly there there might be a, a potential where temperatures, uh, pardon the pun because it was a nice day, temperatures might run a little bit hot. So uh, glad that that didn't happen. But if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but there were multiple protests. There was those who were against lockdowns, and then there were those who were uh, essentially in favor of masks, uh, people who are masked and carrying signs say, hey, yeah, please wear a mask. It's for everybody's health type of stuff, right? Yeah, there was um, the, the anti-lockdown protest uh, happened at the East Elgin Community Center and across the street, a group of counter demonstrators. This is separate from the socially distanced morning demonstration. These counter demonstrators lined the road on the opposite side. And there was other counter demonstrators located um, all the way down Talbot Street where the demonstrators marched. 
So there were several pockets of counter protests. Um, I don't know whether they're coordinated or not. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and they may or may not have been, but clearly there are people in the community who were not in favor of this message. And I think that's kind of a key takeaway, at least for me, that, yeah, you had a couple of thousand who were out saying, hey, we don't want lockdowns, but there are a lot of people in Elmer who don't like Elmer being portrayed in this way, right? And that's That, that to me, is something that I think is, is important that people know about. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I was in Elmer a couple of days before the rally happened and speaking with downtown merchants, uh, you know, people were very clear that this was a divisive issue, um, but that ultimately it was it was giving the town, you know, a bad look um, between the protests and the state of emergency. You know, they said definitely business had been hurt. Uh, but Craig, one thing that I think was interesting to note is there were a lot of people there who weren't even from Almer. Um, you know, the line had a motorcade come from London. They had people come from Toronto. You know, we heard from people coming from different nearby communities. Um, so it kind of, I think, became this hub that grew into something beyond maybe, you know, however many might have been local to that area. Right. Yeah, it wasn't just uh, Elmer people, I think, is, is very fair to say. And I think we saw that in some of the coverage. Uh, did either of you or, or any of uh, our colleagues with the Free Press have a chance to uh, have, you know, one-on-one conversations with these folks? Hopefully, of course, from a distance, if, if, if they're not wearing masks. I think we all know what the point of the message was. We saw the signs, we heard the chants. But when you ask people sort of on a one-to-one level, hey, why are you at this? Why do you think this is important to go to? What are they saying? It was really a mixed bag. Um, Everyone was there for their own reasons. Um, Some people were there because they were opposed to um, the government's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Some people were there because they were opposed to vaccinations. Some people were there because they were opposed to police. Some people were there because they want to see Doug Ford arrested. There were just so many reasons people were there. It became an airing of collective grievances, really. As you saw during the speeches, um, they were all over the place. There was no one common theme. There was no demands really made, like uh, the demand that uh, Ford be arrested, but no demands pertaining to the handling of the pandemic. It was more so um, COVID doesn't exist scientifically, masks don't prevent it, but it doesn't exist, but masks don't prevent it. Um, it was there was it was all over the place. Uh, I'm sure Max can speak a little more about that. Yeah, you know, I think if I had to say the word that was probably chanted the most was freedom, and everybody kept saying, "What do we want? Freedom? When do we want it now?" Um, but there was never a really clear articulation of what exactly that meant and what freedoms were being taken away. I mean, particularly in Elmer in southwestern Ontario. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of the number of COVID-19 lockdowns, uh, you know, restaurants are open, gyms are open, a lot of things are open that we're very free to go do. Um, So that was a little bit of an uncertainty of what more freedom is needed or what freedom was being taken away. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting part of it for sure. And and look, I, I don't need to editorialize necessarily. I think most of the people listening to us right now are going to agree, but I don't think, hey, can you please wear this mask to the grocery store is necessarily uh, trampling on my freedoms. That's not how I feel at the very least, but hey, maybe uh, maybe other folks feel differently. Uh, what about the attitudes towards the folks who were covering the protest? Because we were not, of course, just the only media outlet there. There was a few. What were those conversations like? I know that, uh, Dale, I saw you tweet about uh, uh, this type of thing where there, I, I don't know if 
confrontation is the right word, but they sort of, uh, you know, uh, had some issue with the way that the protest was being covered. Yeah, that's something I definitely wanted to highlight today, Craig, um, because it was unlike any assignment I've ever experienced, um, the amount of harassment uh, directed at the media. So it was it wasn't outright intimidation. There was a lot of subtle things um, that uh, myself and my colleagues face when we'd be shooting photos or videos. People would get in your way. The, the crowd would be cheering fake news. Um, my colleague from the CBC was the target of um, defund CBC, calling her fake news, following her around, yelling things at her. I'm a print journalist, so I'm not as easily identifiable as a broadcast journalist who's carrying around a boom mic with the CBC's logo or a camera with a CTV logo. They were taking a lot of harassment and people just trying to impede them doing their jobs. Um, one tactic I noticed is, uh, I'm out there filming or taking pictures and notes, and then people start taking photos of you. I have this guy at the protest following me around taking my photo. I don't know what his end goal was. Um, and just a lot of jeering because you're wearing a mask, right? Members of the media were wearing masks. So people would yell, healthy people don't wear masks at me constantly. And just kind of singling out the media, blaming them for this, which is ironic because we're there covering them and this event, giving them a chance to have their voice heard but they weren't seeing it that way. So it's actually pretty concerning, just this attitude towards the media that's building. And there was also a confrontation involving a reporter and a counter protester. Uh, there's a story on lfpress.com that just went up now. It was David Menzies from the Rebel News Network. He was interviewing some counter protesters and it was getting kind of heated. And a woman yelled, put on a mask to Menzies. So he started going over to her with his microphone extended and a man came out and hit the microphone away and said, uh, stay away from my daughter. And Menzies started arguing with them. The police became involved and now the OPP is investigating. Um, Menzies, I believe, said uh, his microphone was destroyed. So we're not sure where that's going, but it just showed the tensions uh, that were in Elmer that day. And I, you can see uh, that a story, like you said, right now on uh, on lfpress.com, Dale. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it just shows that it's uh, pretty uh, pretty intense. What's going on? That video, by the way, is up on uh, up on your story as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, where does this go next? Uh, I know that you had a chance to uh, uh, at least uh, ask the police what was going on. Where do we think this goes next? Are they going to keep doing this? Do we think? Or are we going to continue to see these these types of protests in Aylmer? Obviously, the fact that it is uh, unseasonably warm for November is probably something that's driving attendance here. I think if it was minus six, it might be a little bit different than asking people to come to this when it's uh, when it's nineteen degrees. But do we think this type of stuff continues, guys? Um, well, I spoke with the executive director of the Line Canada, and that's the organization that organizes uh, weekly protests in Young and Dundas Square in Toronto. They're drawing upwards of a few thousand people every week. They do it on Saturdays. Um, they are the ones who organize the motorcades to Elmer, and they have protests planned for nearly a dozen other cities in Ontario, including two in here in southwestern Ontario, St. Thomas and Sarnia. So I saw members of of St. Thomas Police on Saturday, and they were just keeping an eye on the protests because they are expecting one in their city on Saturday. So we definitely have more protests. Um, the executive director of Line Canada said he's uh, organizing motorcades to those cities. So I don't think we'll see the numbers we saw in Elmer because um, this is kind of the first of its kind in the region. Like you said, the weather was perfect. 
and Elmer had declared this state of emergency. But I think we will definitely see smaller protests supported by the Line Canada here in southwestern Ontario. And police um, aren't going to try and stop them. They're going to do exactly what Elmer police and the OPP did, just to ensure traffic flows. There's no confrontations with counter protesters and that type of thing. Um, the chief of police in Elmer today said everything went smoothly overall, considering there was nearly 2,000 people there. No criminal charges have been laid. Just uh, two investigations into uh, physical confrontations, the one I mentioned and another one. But overall, uh, police feel pretty good about the way things went. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm certainly glad about that. Uh, Max, this wasn't uh, your first rodeo, as you said. Uh, do you think you'll be back in Elmer anytime soon? <laughs> Uh, you know, I think there's probably a good chance uh, that we will be. I mean, Dale mentioned some other towns and even ones not affiliated with the line. I just noticed on social media, there's a, another Freedom March planned in uh, even Woodstock. So I think these kind of things will keep popping up. And um, the organizer of the Almer Freedom March, the rally, uh, Kimberly, has made it very clear that she, you know, wants to keep these things going. Um, so, you know, yeah, we're going into November. I think we'll definitely want to keep an eye out of, of how this continues and, and bubbles up, but I don't think it's going to uh, disappear in the immediate future. Well, yeah, neither do I. And there has to be a concern because we had over a thousand cases here in the province of Ontario again uh, to start the week. There has to be a concern that these are going to be events that spread COVID, right? That has to be part of the conversation, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's definitely a big concern. I mean, it was a large group of people and uh, you saw in the videos and the photos very tightly close together and nobody was wearing a mask. And so we know large gatherings can be super spreader events very quickly and very easily. Um, and, you know, the case counts continue to rise in the province and in our region. And so, again, it's another kind of waiting game in terms of the time will tell what will happen in the coming weeks of, of if there were cases related to that. And, you know, I think it's, it's difficult too, because it's not just about the people that were at that rally. I think it extends into the community as well. I mean, we noticed a lot of businesses chose to close on that Saturday um, just because, you know, there were signs up saying we're going to close early or we're going to be closed all day today. Tim Hortons, McDonald's, they were drive through only. Um, so, you know, there's people in those environments that they just have to do their job. And I think knowing that there's that kind of vocal community that is, you know, against these public health measures, um, certainly draws concern for people that live in those areas. Yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely understand that. Uh, and I suppose we'll have to uh, wait and see where it goes. But clearly, there's go there's going to be some concerns, especially if we start getting huge case counts in Elmer and, and, and things along those lines. Uh, Dale uh, or, or Max, uh, I don't know if either of you guys talked to people who were uh, uh, part of some of these uh, perhaps unrelated but still out there counter protests or people who were in Elmer that uh, uh, didn't want much to do with this. Are, are, are people there annoyed by the way this goes or the the fact that, this, that, that Elmer's become one of these uh, uh, kind of a lightning rod spots for this sort of stuff? You take the one, Max. You've been on the ground there. More yeah, I think that people are definitely annoyed. I think people are upset. I think people are worried. You know, I think that it does not speak to the vast majority of people um, in that community, but I think people are certainly upset and they're worried no matter what position you know they're in i mean the people who were running these kind of counter protests in the morning sure it wasn't nearly as many people they were very much um 
spread out. So, you know, if you were driving through, you might've only seen four because they made a very concerted effort to space themselves apart. But, um, you know, I also think there's just a sense of kind of disappointment and, um, you know, almost embarrassment that this is how our community is being reflected. And if somebody knew nothing about Elmer, Ontario, and you plugged that into Google, this is what you're going to associate that town with. Um, so I certainly feel for the people in the community that that is uh, kind of their their flagship, what they're known for at this moment, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Because like you said, you've been there a couple of times because there was that church that decided to do the uh, uh, gathering. And now this thing, it all, it all feels like it's, I, I know they're not necessarily all organized by the same people, but it feels like there'd be a lot of... Uh, uh, if, if there's a Venn diagram of people that were at all of these types of events, there would be a lot of folks that were in, uh, in, the, in the middle of that Venn diagram. Uh, before we wrap up here, anything else that either of you guys want to, uh, to add or make sure folks know about when it comes to uh, what went on in, El- in Elmer over the weekend and uh, what you can read about it on uh, lfpress.com and in the London Free Press? Yeah, like you mentioned, Craig, the people involved, um, there are connections. Um, the Church of God, that's this Elmer-based church. Um, it won the showdown with authorities in the spring over their right to hold drive-in services. Um, police said they couldn't hold these drive-in services. They kind of pushed ahead, keep, kept doing them. And eventually the provincial government okayed uh, churches to do drive-in services. So the pastor there, uh, Henry Hildebrandt, he is a regular speaker at the Line Canada's uh, uh, Dundas Square rallies. So that's why the Line Canada got involved through Hildebrandt. And it seems as though the Church of God was involved in some capacity in the organizing of Saturday's rally. You could see members of the Church of God. They were kind of wearing a pseudo security outfit and they were going along um, during the rally and ensuring there was no uh, clashes with counter demonstrators. Anytime people started arguing, one of these guys from the Church of God would come and keep things moving, whisk them away and separate people. Right. They're there trying to keep the peace. But it's also clear that they were there. Uh, providing organization to what level we don't know but like I said there's the connection the pastor Henry Hildebrandt was the final speaker as well at Saturday's rally and he arrived right before the rally started kind of to this hero's welcome he came on Talbot Street and everyone was running out to shake his hand get a picture with him he's a major player here he has a lot of respect in that community he's a really powerful public speaker Um, so I'm sure we'll be hearing more from him in the future. Yeah, I would suspect he's going to be uh, very much a part of this. Uh, and I'll ask either of you guys before we wrap up here, because I know that people have been uh, asking you via social media and asking me via social media. Uh, are, are we talking about charges here for public gatherings that are violating health rules? Is that something that's being considered by officials? Have they even been willing to talk about that with you guys on the record? Yeah, no, it's it's not a possibility. Um, I've been CC'd on a couple emails to Elmer's police chief from people trying to lodge complaints and it is not something that's happening. He said that that's not the way the law works. Um, there really is no legal repercussions that are expected from this event. Okay, well, uh, good to know. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, Max, Dale, thank you guys uh, both so much for uh, uh, coming on the podcast and talking about uh, your reporting from uh, this past weekend in uh, Elmer with those uh, anti-lockdown protests. Really glad you could give us a couple minutes. Thank you. Thank See you. you.
Now, all right, that's the uh, a wrap for the uh, this this episode of the London Free Press podcast. Of course, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast. Plus, you can find us on YouTube and on lfpress.com. So please subscribe uh, to uh, at least one or perhaps several of the platforms that I've just outlined for you, and uh, continue to listen to the podcast, which uh, you have done in great numbers so far. And we very much appreciate it. More of the London Free Press podcast coming up later this week. Thank you very much for listening listening to this episode and we will talk to you next time.